Hello and welcome to the Holland Bridge Builders podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Fagala, and today we are starting a three-week series called Following the King. This is a very practical series on Christian disciplines that are central to our faith. And I know a lot of times we really dive into the depths of theology. I mean, we had just a couple weeks ago on Romans 9 through 11 on very, very deep waters of our faith. These three weeks, though, will be on, I wouldn't say that they're not deep, but very central and very practical disciplines. And so this Sunday, Peter Snell will kick us off with a lesson on how to read the Bible. Next week, we'll have how to pray. And then the final week of this series, we'll have how to share the gospel. And so things that should be extremely central to the Christian faith, although I think we're probably all very guilty of not reading our Bibles, praying and sharing the gospel quite as much as we should. So I'm very excited to hear from Peter. He always does a fabulous job. So here is Peter Snell with How to Read Your Bible. All right, guys. Welcome to class this morning. I'll try not to bore you too much this morning because uh, this is something that's really interesting, a really good topic for me especially, and I want to start off by just telling you that we're talking about how to read the Bible. We're kind of discussing a practical approach to reading the Bible. So I want to tell you that I don't feel like I'm the most qualified person to give this talk, you know, as far as Bible reading goes. And everything I learned from this study uh, really directly applies to me too. So I don't want anyone to feel like I've got it all figured out and I am the master of Bible reading. So just I'll preface it by saying that this morning. But I think it's important for us to all realize that um, we need to ask God this morning to continue to mold us into students of the Word. We can always be students of the Word. All right, so I want to start with a quick prayer this morning. Father God, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity um, to study on this topic and learn how to study your Word. Father, I pray that you will speak through me this morning and help us all to gain commitment and discipline in this practice after leaving here today. And I pray that you will help us all to become better students of your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So first, let's start with a scenario. You are at work, and your boss comes by and has a new employee. And they introduce you to the new employee, and you, explain, you exchange pleasantries, and then you go about your day. Then you get to lunchtime, and you walk into the break room, and in the break room, the new employee invites you to sit by him, so you sit down. You're talking about your family, uh, and you start to pull up your smartphone, pull up some pictures of your wife and kids to show this new employee. And the new employee sees that you have a Bible app on your phone, okay? This employee's not a Christian, has maybe heard of the Bible as like a religious book, but is not really privy to what it is or what it tells about. So. Let's start off by just yelling out to me a few things this morning about what, how you would describe what the Bible is to this person that doesn't know what it is. So just give me a few answers. It's a great story. Great story. All right. What else? Word of God. The Word of God. How else? It's kind of a tall order, right? You're, you're having to describe to someone this very, very important book 
in just a, a few quick sentences. What would you say? A couple more. Sort of like an anthology of you know, thousands of years of different writings. All right. Anthology. All right. It's the foundation of my faith. Foundation of faith. I like that. All right. So excellent. So they're all, those are all good ways of describing it. And you won't find two people that describe it the same way. Actually, in doing research for this lesson, the Bible project that we've used a lot in this class as a reference, they describe the Bible as an ancient Jewish collection of sacred scripture. And uh, N.T. Wright, the famous theologian, he describes the Bible as a repository of timeless truth. Okay, uh, The great and all-powerful Wikipedia describes the Bible as the Christian scriptures consisting of 66 books of the Old and New Testaments. The International Bible Society describes the Bible as an account of God's creation. I'm sorry, the account of God's action in the world and His purpose with all creation. And then one last Christian author Rob Bell, he wrote a new book called What is the Bible? He says in his definition is this is a book about a library of books dealing with loss and anger and transcendence and worry and empire and money and fear and stress and joy and doubt and grace and healing. So if you know Rob Bell, that's like a totally Rob Bell answer, you know, for what for what the Bible is. And he uses a lot of ands to describe it as well. But um, Everyone describes the Bible as something different. And so I just want to start out by covering a few different questions this morning to kind of set the frame f framework for a practical approach for how to study the Bible, okay? So first we're talking about what is the Bible. Um, so how many books are in the Bible? Can anybody tell me that? 66, okay. The Old Testament, 39. And 27 in the new. Excellent. Excellent. How many people wrote the Bible? Anybody know? Around 40. Around 40 is what the general consensus is. And it was written over about 1,500 years. So it's a pretty impressive collection of literary works. And so um, that's one reason why it's important. And of course, we all know that it was a book written by men that were inspired by God. So there's kind of this dual authorship where God is providing the information and it's being expressed through the, of the paradigms of several different men. And so we get a different flavor in each book that we go into. And of course, there's lots and lots of versions of the Bible. So everybody knows New International Version, King James Version. They can kind of be split into two separate um, spectrum, or two separate ends of a spectrum. All right, so you have the one end, you have more uh, literal or word-for-word -word translations, and then you have more thought-by-thought -thought or paraphrasing translations. So that an example of each end of the spectrum would probably be like the King James Version is like the word-for-word, -word, and on the opposite end you might have like the message, okay? And then somewhere in, the, in between you have a lot of other different versions. So it's important that when we talk about what is the Bible, we understand that there are different versions for us to choose from. And there are lots of different versions that um, we can gain something from. So each one has a different perspective and can express things in a different way. So um, 
I'm not trying to say that one version is better than the other. Um, in doing research for this study, I did see that I think most of the general consensus from what I could see is the English Standard Version is typically a good version to use for personal Bible study, but it's by no means the only one that you can use. Um, uh, from what I read, it's, it's kind of in the middle of the spectrum or leaning towards the word-for-word -word or word-by-word -word translations, and so you get a good flavor of what the original text said, but it's also kind of in an understandable um, an understandable version so you can easily easily use it for your study. Um, but I think just kind of in summary of that point, we need to realize that when we're talking about the Bible, we're talking about a treasure that we have in our hands. It's a book that is the living Word of God. It is God speaking to us. And so if we look at it and approach it from that perspective, we kind of are able to see the importance of why we should study Scripture. And lots of people in over the years have even died and defended uh, the Bible and, and the tr their translations of the Bible, so it's not something that we should take lightly, okay? We owe our lives to studying the Bible. So that's the first point. That's what the Bible is. And each of these points, of course, we could spend a whole lesson series on, but just for the sake of t today, I want to focus more on the practical approaches, okay? The second question we want to address is, why do people not study the Bible? Okay? Throw some out there for me. Why do people not study the Bible? Don't know where to start. Okay. Don't know where to start. Absolutely. What else? Boring. Yes. Yes. You don't have time. Everybody's busy. Excellent. Right. Maybe you're afraid of what you're going to read and what it's going to cause you to do with your life. Um, People don't read anymore, I mean, in general, or they do to a lesser extent. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we don't really take time in our lives anymore to sit down with a good book and just read it and consume something. We're very um, visually focused sometimes, you know, with the internet, with Facebook, with social media. We're more focused towards what can I get from this passage of reading in a very short amount of time. So we sometimes neglect it. Excellent. Yeah, so some of the reasons that I came across is one, people say that it's archaic or it's out of date. It doesn't apply to our current lives. But I would argue that there are principles there and there are stories there to be gained from, no matter how old you are, what stage of life you're in, and um, how old the book is. God specifically designed it so that we would have everything that we would need. I think that's a point we sometimes overlook. This is what God gave us, and this is all that He feels like we need to follow Him and to live our lives in a way that He wants us to. All right, another reason people offer, I've tried, but I just don't know how to study the Bible. That's kind of what you were talking about, Kyle. We just don't know where to start. We don't have a plan. Some people say, I'm not a professional scripture reader. Isn't that the pastor's job? Isn't that the preacher's job to teach me what the Bible says? I mean, isn't, isn't that what we're paying him for? But 
really, we've got to realize that God has designed the Bible for any person, just like I said earlier, to unlock the beauty of God's Word. And probably the biggest one, I would say, is what Tara was talking about, is we just say that we don't have time. I think a lot of us are good-intentioned in reading the Bible, myself included, but we sometimes lie to ourselves saying we just don't have time. So if you find yourself asking yourself that question, I would then ask you, where does the Bible fit into your priority list? Okay, what are you reading or are you doing that's so much more important than God speaking to you, right? Again, I'm talking straight to myself, just like I'm saying this to you. So if we, if we think that we don't have time to read the Bible, we're really kind of lying to ourselves, okay? You have the same time, I have the same time that everybody else does, okay? We're all busy. We all have things that we need to do. We all have checklists during the day that we need to check off. Um, and this is not to try to make everyone feel guilty in here for, for not reading the Bible as much as they should because certainly that is the danger. And that can lead to like a downward spiral of, oh, well, I'm this far off track, so why even start now? Uh, but that's not the way we should look at it. So it really comes down to a heart issue, okay? If we feel like we don't have time to read the written Word of God, then really we're saying that the transient things of this life are taking precedence over our spiritual health, okay? And so that's something to keep in mind as uh, we discuss how to study the Bible, okay? Another thing people say, why they don't study the Bible, I'm not even sure the Bible is true. Some people might not feel like it's true. And we could spend all day talking about the authority of the Bible and how it came into existence and the history of the Bible. There's actually a word, I didn't even know this was a word, bibliology. Bibliology is the study of the Bible. And um, so there's a whole courses and books written about this. Uh, but suffice it to say that over the span of time that the Bible was written by as many people as it was written by, without contradicting itself in one single verse, it's hard to ignore the evidence that the Bible is true and real. So again, we could talk a lot more about that, but um, that's another issue for why people say that we don't study the Bible. And then, um, just like that was said in the back, maybe these people feel like the Bible is boring. Maybe it's just too boring for you. So I have to ask, how many soccer fans are there in this room? Is anybody a soccer fan? No soccer fans? <laughs> does, anyone go, does anyone care about the World Cup? I personally do not. Not really? Not really? Yeah, there's okay. like summer league basketball I'm more interested in. Okay, okay. Well, I guess this illustration is just going to be dead in the water then. But <laughs> what I was going to say, if there was a soccer fan in the room, you know, have you ever talked to someone about soccer and say, like, I mean, personally, I don't, I don't enjoy watching soccer. And so when I talk to somebody that really does enjoy it, I'll say, like, you know, why, why do you like soccer? I mean, what's, what's fun about it? What's interesting about it? Like, the score at, at the end of the game is, like, two to one, you know? Like, how, how fun is that? And pretty consistently what I hear from other people about why they like soccer is they'll say, well, if you just sit down and watch it, for a while and watch it consistently, you'll start to like it. You'll start to see the value in it. I went to a Predators game in Nashville 
one time. I don't, I don't watch hockey, I don't follow hockey at all, but I went to a National Predators game one time, it was several years ago. Didn't know anything about the teams that were playing, didn't know anything about the Predators in general. I just, it was a friend of mine, he had an extra ticket, so I went. And it was so fun. It was such a fun time. I didn't, I didn't know any of the rules of hockey, but I was having fun. And I could see how if you consistently do something over time, you'll start to enjoy it. And you'll start to really get into it. It's the same thing is true with the Bible. You know, studying your Bible is something that you may, if you just jump in every once in a while and you know, stick your toe in the water and read a verse here, verse there, it's really not going to appeal to you. But if you're engrossed in it daily and spend time consistently <clears throat> diving into it, then I think you'll be surprised by uh, what you'll find. It's also another illustration I was thinking of is like when someone asks you, have you watched this show on Netflix? You know, have you watched Downton Abbey? And you're like, no, I haven't watched Downton Abbey. And they say, like, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it. It's so amazing, it's so amazing. And so that person will watch one episode of Downton Abbey, maybe in like season four, you know, episode six, and they'll be like, that show is weird, man. It's so boring. And then you have the person that really enjoyed it, that's seen it from the very beginning all the way to the end, it's like, man, I really wish you had sat down from the beginning and watched the whole series, because then you would really enjoy it. I think it's kind of similar with, the, with reading your Bible. So if we sit down and start reading and have a plan, then um, I think you'll be surprised by what you can find. It really comes down to your attitude. If you read your Bible with a heart that's closed and unteachable, it's going to lead to spiritual failure. But if you approach your Bible study with enthusiasm, with an open heart, and you sit down and think, God, I want you to teach me with this uh, lesson that I'm going to be looking at this morning, then you'll be amazed by the ways that God can speak to you. So these are some reasons why we don't study the Bible. So let's talk about some reasons why we do study the Bible. All right, I'm gonna ask for some participation. So why do we study the Bible? What are some reasons that we need to read our Bibles? In seeking direction. Okay. Excellent. Seeking direction, guidance. Okay, why else? Food. Absolutely. There's so many analogies you can make with eating and reading your Bible. But the Bible even uses itself. What else? A couple more. Wisdom. To gain wisdom. All right. Anybody else? I feel like I should read my Bible for transformation. Transformation. I feel like sometimes I read my Bible more for like ammunition, like you know, like or to win an argument or something. Sometimes I go into it with that. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, in a little bit about you know, the approach we should have when we read the Bible. This is what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to look at just a little bit more in depth to gain wisdom. So there are really three different ways that you gain wisdom in this life, okay? 
from personal experience, from other people's experience, and from reading your Bible and interacting with God. All right, and all three of them really are necessary for us to achieve spiritual growth. Any single one of those by itself cannot attain spiritual growth, I would argue. Okay, so first of all, personal experience. Very important. Like, I see a pot of boiling water. I know not to touch it because what's going to happen? I'm going to burn my hand, right? I'm going to burn my hand. And, but I can't go to the Bible and read a scripture about don't touch a boiling pot with your hand or you will burn your hand. Okay, right? You have to rely on your personal experience for that. Okay? Another way that we gain personal or another way that we gain wisdom is through other people's experience. And this is why in the church it's really important to have members of all ages interacting, okay? So we can't just have a church of all young people, all people below the age of 30 because I mean, what's going to happen? You're going to have people making mistakes that if you had someone that was maybe more experienced in life that has gone through those same trials and tribulations, they could instruct the younger ones on, you know, common pitfalls and mistakes that are, are, that are made. So we need other people's experiences as well. But that's not the only way that we gain wisdom. The third way that we gain wisdom is by reading our Bible. And it's important to point out that even just reading your Bible in a vacuum is not going to um, give you all the components that you have for wisdom. I think that's why God wants us to live in community and to rely on each other uh, to uh, help, help each other out, okay? For instance, you're not going to open the Bible and, you know, you, you shouldn't come to the Bible with a question of, okay, who am I going to, who am I going to marry? I'm, who should I date, you know, and read, you know, Tara Snell, or you're not going to find someone's name in there, right? Or where should I go to college? Let me check Deuteronomy. You know, that's not going. To, you're not going to find that answer there. So I think it's important for us to realize that wisdom comes from Scripture and from other people's experiences and from our own personal experience. And it's all those together that that um, are the ways that we attain wisdom. So that's one reason why we do read the Bible. Another reason is because it's essential. Right? In 1 Peter 2, 2, we read that like newborn infants long for the spiritual, pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. So we read in the Bible that we need that spiritual edification, that spiritual literature to help us mature spiritually, to help us grow in our faith over time. We have to have it. We have to crave it. We cannot grow without relying on God's Word, okay? The next thing that we read Scripture for is to make us spiritually effective. In 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, it says, All Scripture is God-breathed God and useful, okay? So, all the Scripture that we have is all we need every, to encounter every, uh, to, to answer every question that we have in life, okay? There's principles there that can help guide us uh, along our journey. And I think we sometimes forget that. I think we sometimes come across situations that may not be explicitly uh, you know, explained in the Bible, 
like a question of, you know, a common issue that comes up today that may have not been specifically addressed in the Bible, like social media. You know, you're not going to read about something about Facebook directly in the Bible, but there are principles there that can help uh, guide us in how we uh, grow spiritually. So, all Scripture is God-breathed and useful. Okay? So, let's move on. Now we've talked about what is the Bible, why do we not study the Bible, why do we study the Bible. So now let's get to the meat, which is how do we study the Bible, okay? I'm a practical person. I love practical lessons, and so um, I want to talk about some tangible things that we can do to help us study the Bible. Now these are tools to help you study the Bible more effectively. These are not rules, okay? So you can take what I say here today and mold it, shape it into a way that fits your life specifically, fits your schedule. You know, some of us wake up at four in the morning, some of us wake up at six in the morning, some of us wake up at seven in the morning. It's, there's different ways that you can apply this, okay? So it's important for us to, first of all, understand that when we study the Bible, we study the Bible by being led by the Spirit, okay? So the Holy Spirit is the one that shows us how to apply Scripture to our lives. Okay, and we have to be open to that when we come to our Bible study. You can't go into your Bible study thinking, I know what this story is about, you know, Ten Commandments, got them. No problem. I know exactly I can name them off for you. I know what God was wanting from these. I know what the people did. It's not going to be like that. You need to come to your Bible study each time with an open heart and open mind and being willing to accept the teaching that God is going to bring down on you. Okay, so we also have to, when we study the Bible, have trust that we have everything that we need right there. So we will often have questions that are not directly answered by the Scripture, but we have to trust that God gave us everything in the Bible that He wanted us to have. I think we've already hit that point home pretty well. And then um, another important principle to think about is when we study the Bible, we have to be proactive. Okay, it's not something that you can be reactive about. You have to actively engage the scriptures. One quote that I came across that was really like, oh man, okay, I need to, it was a gut check. The Bible does not yield its fruit to the lazy. The Bible does not yield its fruit to the lazy. So if you are spiritually lazy, then the Bible is not going to give you everything that you need from it, okay? We have to engage it actively. So, how do we do this? Well, like I said, these are tools. These are not our system of rules. And you have to have a plan, okay? You have to have a system that helps you, uh, gives you structure and helps you stay consistent with reading your Bible, okay? So first of all, there's, there's five things. So first of all, you need a consistent time and place. You need a consistent time and place. If that's early in the morning for you, that's great. If it's late at night before you go to bed, that's good too. And like I said, this is something I have not mastered. So this is something we're all learning together. We're all going to get better at this, okay? But you need a consistent time and place. If you don't have a consistent time and place, you're not going to read the Bible. If you just say, wake up one morning and say, I'm going to read the Bible today for five minutes, you'll read it probably that day. 
The next day you might read it. The next day you probably won't read it, okay? So you have to carve out that time, sometime during the day, to uh, make yourself have a protected time. It's like, uh, Tara tells me I use too many movie quotes in my speaking. <laughs> so, but I can't help it because this is how I relate to things. But um, that's probably sad. But um, if you've ever seen The Matrix 2, I think it's The Matrix Reloaded. That's the second one, right? Okay. There's, I can't tell you the exact names of the characters and everything, but there was one scene where a good guy is talking to a bad guy, and the good guy says, we're out of time. We're out of time. And the bad guy says, well, how can you not have time unless you make time? So you have to make time, okay? It's not just going to appear. You're not going to just have time. You've got to carve out that time for yourself during the day, okay? So first, you need a consistent time and place that works for your schedule. Number two, you need something to read. How about a Bible? All right. So we talked a little bit about the Bible that you choose. It's important. Uh, there is a wide spectrum of them. Like I said, I think consensus that I kind of came across is the ESV is a good one to use if you're looking for just a place to start. But that's by no means the only one that you can use. You know, if you want to read the message and get your devotional on, that's completely fine. That's great. That will get you started and uh, is, you know, is good for at least engaging what God says. Okay. So uh, choose your version of the Bible and pick it out. Uh, and some people, um, some people prefer like smartphones to, to, read, to read your Bible. You know, you can use, there's lots, there's a myriad of apps and things out there. I think the Bible app, uh, the Bible Gateway app is really great because uh, it has a whole tab devoted to plans. It's like you can just choose a plan. There's just hundreds of them. I was looking at them uh, j just before church today and I was like, man, there is just like really something for everybody. You know, there's plans for um, God in the workplace. So, you know, there's plans for if you want to read about anxiety, it gives you a, a Bible reading plan. So there's so many resources out there for you to look at, okay? But you have to have a plan. There's no excuse for you to not read your Bible, okay? Third thing you need, you need something to write with, a pen and a highlighter. Is that how you spell highlighter? I think so. Okay. All right. This may seem like really elementary to you, like, of course, okay, pen, yes, I'll have a pen. But let me tell you what I'm thinking, because this is something pretty profound that I came across. When you're reading a piece of scripture and a verse is popping out at you like hmm, that's interesting that's a good verse right there what do you think is happening in that moment like what do you think is happening when you pick or do you think that your brain is seeing that verse and thinking that is a really good verse I think my brain told me to highlight that right now no that's the Holy Spirit that's the Holy Spirit engaging you it's pointing that verse out to you because it's saying this or, this verse is for you Highlight me, you know, underline me. This is something you need right now. So that's a really cool way to think about you. If you can feel the presence of God like taking over you and, and, and speaking to you through these scriptures, I think that'll change the perspective that you have when you approach reading your Bible, okay? The next thing you need, number four, 
You need a plan. And we talked about this. There's lots of resources out there, lots of plans out there. You can't just wake up and say, I'm just going to read my Bible today, and I'm going to read it every day for the rest of my life. You know, that's not, it's not going to, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's because it's too overwhelming, right? It's too huge of a task. Like if I think, okay, I've got to wake up at 5 a.m. for the rest of my life to read my Bible, that's a daunting task when you think about it, when you're starting out. So just start small and say, I'm going to read, you know, this amount, this many chapters. Here's my plan. Here's what I'm going to do it. And just do it for a day. Just be committed to one day. And the next day, be committed to another day. And the next day, be committed to another day. Take it day by day. So you need a good reading plan. There's lots of really good analogies. One of them I like is a gym. So everybody wants to have six-pack abs, right? Everybody wants to have a six-pack. I wish I had a six-pack, but I don't. I probably never will. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you have to work out if you want to have a six-pack. So, like, at, you use the example of at the beginning of the year, you know, January, everybody's got their New Year's resolution. I'm going to go to the gym every day, and the gyms are just packed in January, okay? You can't find a machine anywhere. You can't find the weights. And then by March, they're like empty, okay? There's no one there, except for the people that were there in December, okay? Those are the people that are there. So those are the people that have made the commitment and are sticking to it. And an important point uh, that Tara brought up earlier is when you are reading the Bible, we don't read it to get ammunition for uh, winning an argument or winning a debate. Because what, what are we trying to do there? Is, is the goal of our Christian walk to win a debate? No. The goal of our walk is to win souls, right? That's the, that's the goal we're trying to win. So when you're reading your Bible, don't just be reading it to have ammunition for the next argument that you have. Okay, so the next thing you need is a journal. Five... Alright, I'm going to do journal and a planner, okay? So you need a journal. You don't have to use it to write in a diary like, this, is, this, this person was mean to me today. This person was, you know, this person was a jerk. That's not what it's for. The, the journal is to use it for personal reflections about the things that you've read, how it makes you feel, what emotions go through you when you are reading this passage, what questions do you have, what struggles do you have about what the scripture is saying right there, and then what steps can you take to address that struggle uh, using the passage that you just read, okay? So that's one thing you need, you need to have a journal. And if I've found that just writing things down, writing your thoughts down in general is a really good way to um, be able to go back and look at the perspective that you have. I know last year I had like a health issue that was really devastating in a lot of ways that was really uh, scary in the moment. And I remember um, the day after I found out about this health issue, I, I went on my email and I just wrote out an email to myself. And I've, I spent like two hours writing this email. And it's really long and I still have it in my inbox today. But 
I go back and read about the things that the fears that I had, the things that were swirling around in my mind, and now that I come on the other side of that, it's nice to see how God led me through that, right? The perspective that you can have when you look back on those things um, is really amazing. So that's why it's good to have a journal. And then I also put down here, have a planner beside you, okay? And this is really interesting. I know I'm running short on time, so we'll wrap it up here in a second. But this is really good, I think, for people that say, I don't have time to study the Bible. Because you'll find that when you sit down to study the Bible, you all of a sudden remember every task that you have put off for the last 10 years that you need to do, right? You haven't cleaned your garage in like 10 years, but when you sit down to read the Bible, you're like, you know what, I need to clean that garage. And you find yourself being pulled away, you know? And, and, and that really is, if you think about it, it's, it's Satan. That's Satan pulling you away. He's planting these things to try to occupy your time with the busyness of your day. And so it's good to have a planner right beside you because you can think, okay, you know, you're reading verse 3. You know, in the beginning, you know, or verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens. I need to send that email. I need to send that email today. I don't want to forget that. So pull your planner up, write down, send email to blah, blah, blah. You know, clean the garage put it on the list, and then you can forget about it. It's written down. You don't have to worry about it anymore. And you can go back right then into your Bible study so you don't forget the tasks that you need to do after you finish your Bible study, but you can still focus on the Scripture. Okay? Really good practical thing that I came across. Um, so, there, I think we've kind of gone over some tools today that we can use to study the Bible. Like I said, I'm no expert on this by any means, so we're all going to do this together. We're all going to learn from this together. And you might be farther along in your Bible reading you know, maturity than some other people. So if you're just starting out, don't be intimidated by the progress of others, right? Okay? You're not going to be N.T. right after your first day of Bible study. You're not going to be, you know, all, whatever other famous theologian um, after your first day. So, but don't be, don't be intimidated by that because everyone has to start somewhere and that's the, that's the, the normal progression that Scripture tells us that we, that we go through, okay? We start out with the milk and we move on towards the solid food. And it's the progress and the impact that it has in your life is not going to be seen after one day, right? Or after a week even. What's going to happen is you're going to read and you're going to read and you're going to read and you're going to read week after week after week. And then one day you're going to surprise yourself. You're going to say, oh, yeah, that reminds me of like Isaiah 25 where uh, God's talking about, you know. And you're going to hear these words coming out of your mouth and you're going to think, where did that come from? I guess it's from reading my Bible. I guess it's because I've made this a, a normal part of my life. Go back to the six-pack abs analogy. You know, you're not going to have six-pack abs after a week or two weeks. It's gonna, you're going to slowly see the progress, and then one day you're going to see yourself in the mirror, and you're going to be like, hey, i got a six-pack. It's pretty awesome. Okay? That's the way it's going to happen. It's not going to be something that you notice over time. Okay? So, like I said earlier, don't try to make a lifetime commitment today and say, oh, I've got to get up every day for the rest of my life and study my Bible you know, from 5 to 5.30. Commit to one day and then commit to another day, and then commit to another day. You're going to miss days, that's okay. 
it's important for us to, to remember that this is not, excuse me, it's important for us to remember that guilt is not what God intended for you to feel when you're studying the scriptures, okay? If you're feeling guilt because you haven't read your Bible, that's your human nature telling you, I've got to earn, I've got to earn what God uh, you know, has to give me. I've got to earn my way towards, God favor, to God, towards God's favor. But it's not, that's not the case at all, is it? God has already given us His favor. He's already given it to us. Now we just want to hear what He has to say to us. We want to hear what, um, what we can learn about the nature of God from the Scriptures, okay? So don't let the guilt overtake you, okay? If you're feeling guilty for neglecting your plan or getting off track, realize that it's Satan attempting to make you feel like you can earn God's favor uh, by your deeds, which in reality, he's already given us his favor, okay? So if you're feeling that guilt, express that to God. Confess that to God. That, that day when you go into your Bible study, like, God, I just feel these, these feelings of, of um, you know, where I have to pull myself up by my own bootstraps, and I know that's not right. I know that's not from you and confess that to him. And I think you'll be uh, surprised by the, by the transformation that takes hold in your life. And so these are just some practical approaches that we can have towards following the king. I'm really excited about the next couple of weeks that we'll have about learning some practical approaches for um, the other two lessons that we'll be looking at. And I appreciate your attention this morning. Hopefully we can all after today start molding ourselves into better students of God's word and in doing so, we'll grow closer to him. So, thank you. Okay, thank you to Peter for doing a great job looking at how to read the Bible. Really covered a lot of ground this morning on, man, looking at sort of the motivation. Well, first off, what is the Bible and the motivation behind why we both don't and do read the Bible and then some practical tips on how to, how to actually read the Bible, which was great. And so talked about uh, finding a time and place, getting a Bible, having a pen and highlighter, having a plan, and then maybe using a journal and a planner to kind of help make sure that it keeps going. Uh, for me personally, this year I made it a goal, it was actually last year I made it a goal to read the entire Bible, and I kind of got stuck somewhere in the middle of the Old Testament. And so I thought, sort of like uh, Peter was saying, sometimes you've got to start um, slow and you got to start with something a little bit more easily attainable um, and so this year I decided well if I can't get through that let's just do the New Testament there's nothing in the New Testament that's going to bog me down and it's a little bit easier to take care of and so uh, I've been reading through the New Testament and so I'm about halfway through the New Testament which is great because it's right into July um, and you can do that with the Bible app and so you can actually listen to it so I'll listen to it in the shower I'll listen to it on the way to and from work and it really doesn't take that long uh, I don't know what the actual stats on this are but just a few minutes a day listening of course it takes longer to listen than to read but I find that I engage a little bit more as I'm listening sometimes than as I'm reading and so just trying different ways it may work for you that it's best to read it early in the morning or late at night maybe at your lunch break and it might be best that you listen to it when you're doing something like driving or you're in the shower or you're just waking up uh, where it's your times where you may not have other things that you're doing um, whatever it is I think it's important to find consistency because I feel like with these Christian disciplines if we remain consistent in them it allows the spirit to more work on our life and that we would be more sanctified by being closer to God each day. I think that's the goal of this. And so next week, we'll be into a lesson on how to pray. Prayer is something that 
Uh, at least in my family, we're really good at doing it before meals and maybe at night when we put the kids to bed. Um, but sometimes I'm guilty of not praying as much as I should or in the way that I should. And so we have you know, certainly public prayers and then there's private prayers and then there's even corporate prayers. And I'm sure that Eric will talk about those differences next week. And so my prayer for you is, is that you've gotten something out of this week's podcast. Uh, we do this every week pretty much. And so next week we'll be back with a podcast. If there's any way that we could help you, certainly if you're in Memphis, come visit us here at Highland Church of Christ in the Bridge Builders class, 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And uh, man, I just hope you have a wonderful week. And may God bless you this week in your life. And it's in his name. My prayer would be amen. Uh, We will see you then next week. Thank you so much for listening in. Bye-bye.